it's Monday, and uh, it is not a Browns victory, but we are going to go through the PFF grades with no one other than John Costco. We'll talk about the offense first. We'll get right into it, talk about uh, everyone that wants to know about Deshaun Watson. How do you look? Uh, we'll get John's thoughts on that. Uh, we'll get into the defense, uh, see what was going on on the defensive side of the football, who ranked higher, um, and, and what they did against Joe Burrow. And then, off, obviously, we will get to the special teams. We had a we had a terrible rough in the kicker punt on a punt. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of de, you know, debunk that and, and kind of dive into what that was. And then overall, we'll give you the uh, high grades, low grades, in between grades um, from Pro Football Focus. We'll do it all coming up on a Reaction Monday version of Locked On Browns podcast. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things to all count. LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your host, Garrett Bush, part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, 92.3 The Fan, uh, Barbershop, Saturday mornings. You can always check out G there, pregame, postgame coverage. Uh, Browns, Buckeyes, Guardians, Cavaliers, at G Bush 91 myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, the show itself, Lockdown Browns, at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. We appreciate you all for making Lockdown Browns your first listen every single day. Today's episode of Prize of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than the Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's prizepicks.com slash promo code locked on. Yes, everybody, a difficult day yesterday for your Cleveland Browns. 23-10 losers. Uh, you know, a little gambling early from Coach Stefanski with a with the Jacoby Brissett call. Um, and I know everybody want, kind of wants to point the finger. And when we're going to talk here a little bit with John Costco offensively, it's a collective. You know, we need extra fingers. We're going to need like three, four hands here. Uh, nobody really played well. It was a group effort. Um First, just from sites, you know, Deshaun Watson, I think you saw a major, major amount of improvement from week one to week two. And you wanted to see that. You knew there was going to be a big jump in competition between the Houston Texans and, of course, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense. You know, DJ Reader had a monster day yesterday. Brown's interior had no, no answers for that. Slowed down the run game as the game went on. The Browns were basically dominant on passing the game. And I think for the most part, Deshaun Watson, we saw a lot of what we were hoping to see with Deshaun Watson. Um, I do want to get here, though, John. Um, as, you know, the season's progressing here and, you know, it could be injuries. We have some guys playing on that offensive line. You know, we're talking about a fourth-string center, for God's sakes, at this point. So there are some issues to be had. There is some suffering that's going on. The passing game, um, at times, there was a combination of, you know, is Deshaun not seeing everything, or are we getting into an issue with Deshaun Watson where we're getting to second, third, fourth reads? Are those guys just not getting open? I mean, it's a combination of all that, right? So um, Watson is his second game back from being off for 700-some-odd days. Um, he found some of those plays. Uh, some of them he didn't. And, um, you know, it's, and a lot of times, though, guys aren't getting open. Um, so I think with – it comes to for Deshaun Watson is that he's got to start 
becoming more comfortable after not playing for 700 plus days. So um, that you started to see that this, this week, uh, but it's clearly in my opinion, still not there. Um, and he looked vastly better than he did last week, which is not hard to do considering how many balls he underthrew and missed. Um, this week didn't have that type of uh, many misses, but the, um, you know, the, the issue he had was, you know, he had obviously the, the, the massive interception, which was, uh, you know, in a critical moment there. He was way late on it. I know in his press conference he talked about how he should have just taken his, his check down. It's like, well, if he throws it in the proper timing, that's a wide open receiver. So it's, you know, when, when the receivers are there to be open, he's got to be able to hit them. And then when they're not, when they're not covered and they're covered up, you know, he, he's got to be able to, you know, extend the play, which I, I think that's going to come for him in time. And, um, you know, you use the rest of the season to kind of just let him start slinging it because um, the first two weeks that Deshaun Watson's been out there, it feels like Kevin Spancy kind of babying him along and, and it really, he really kind of needs to unleash him especially in the game against the Bengals where you, you need some high variant stuff it's when you're, when your run game was obviously just completely stymied. You know, John, I'm going to get right off in, into it. Um, you know, I, I do think Kevin Stefanski has um, a little bit taken it very easy and slowly won some of his passing game concepts with Deshaun Watson. Um, the one thing that a lot of people, uh, you know, talked about, and, and I haven't seen this before, but the, the 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 fourth down and one throw, I, I get the people are all over it, but I would be all over it too. I mean, we've seen Jacoby Brissett throw the ball for 10, 11 weeks. That's not what it's about. I don't understand why you would have a guy come off the bench to throw a corner route, even though he was open and play was there. There's a couple of things I would have rather happened. Hey, take some points in that, in that situation. Or if you're going to run that play, run it with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I thought Deshaun had a, a bit of a rhythm. I thought he had hit a, a throw, a couple throws during that drive. He was he had capitalized on the momentum. You're in their territory, and then you take the ball out of his hands to go do a play with 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 Jacoby Brissett. In that situation, I, I don't know what the rationale behind that is. Uh, your thoughts on that play, and and do you think that that kind of derailed a little bit of their momentum starting off on the game? Yeah, absolutely. So, so. You know, in the analytic circles, you're never you're going to have guys that say uh, momentum doesn't exist. You, the main main thing is that you can't quantify momentum, um, but there is a feel of like, hey, we're rolling right now. Let's keep it rolling. Um, and if you want to call that momentum or, or what have you, hey, I'm I'm in a good rhythm. Let's let me let me stay in this good rhythm. You pull out a guy who's feeling good of, hey, let's put the other guy in, and then the other guy doesn't hit on the throw all good feelings of that drive are out the window. So it's either you take the points with the three, which is take, take the points quote unquote, because field goals aren't, aren't automatic, but I'm all in favor of going for it in that situation. Just not the way you did it. Like, like you exactly what you said. If you're going to go for, if you're going to go for for it on that fourth and one, let Deshaun Watson, let it ride or die on his hands, not somebody else's hands. Who's, who's already got, been in this offense for 11 weeks he's got to start getting in that flow of things he overthought himself in that situation that's a problem that Stefanski's had I'd say pretty much his entire tenure where it feels like he his play calling will stymie momentum and and the flow of what a, a players are doing or the offense is doing um because he wants he has some sort of 
uh, hey, we're in this situation. I have to call it like this or I have to do it. You know, it's an overthinking of uh, analyzing of, of a thing. And we should just like, hey, this play is working over and over. This dude's cooking. Ride the hot hand. Like, that's a common thing in sports. So, yeah. Uh, I before, be, be really quickly, before we get to that, um, what, what did you what grade did you have for Deshaun Watson in terms of his grade overall in this game? His grade in this game, uh, where is that? 56.8 um, overall. Uh, last week was in the low 40s. So that's a big improvement, still a far cry from where he obviously needs to be and what actually J- Jacoby Reset was giving on a, on a normally weekly, weekly basis. Yeah, no question. Um, well, I just want to get to here. Obviously, you know, everybody wants to talk about that play. Look, for me, this is – look, it's the second time. And if you think – if you're a really good team – you can kind of wave points off and look 42, 43, 44, whatever the field goal would have been. You're on the road in a big game. We did this in Atlanta. That was a week. You didn't have miles Garrett. You didn't have Jadavian Clowney. You had points early. You left them off the board. Your defense went out, got a stop against the Cincinnati Bengals in the first drive. I don't care. Come away with points there, man. Everybody starts to feel good about themselves. And look, the Jacoby Brissett thing, yo, man, thank you for your service. Appreciate everything you did. You were a great story. You were humble. You were a leader, da da da, da. But I paid $238 million because Deshaun Watson can do things with his brain, his arm, and his legs. So I don't take Deshaun Watson off the field on fourth and one to bring back in Jacoby Brissett for the threat of the QB sneak, which doesn't work anymore. It's been stymied. At, you know, the last five or six times they've done it, it's not gone anywhere. Just, you know, man, keep it simple, stupid. He's your star. He's your player. A, let him make that throw. Or guess what? If the deep throw ain't there, I'm Deshaun Watson. I have legs. I I, I, I move well. I will find a way to get you nine feet. Nine feet. I will figure out a way to get you nine feet. We're going to switch it up here. We're going to go defensive side of the ball. A little promising yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, some guys I definitely, you know, when, some couple guys we're going to talk about that probably haven't gotten a lot of run here on the PF episodes with John Costco. Jeff Lloyd. G. Bush, your latest Locked on Browns. Toro is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Toro, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive an EV. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Toro.com. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we are sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion available right now as a bonus episode on Locked On Presents. Think Like a Champion is a brand new episode from Russell Wilson and Audible. Russ is a champion on and off the field, but off of it, we rarely know the grind on the path to greatness. Each episode features interviews with Olympic medalists, NFL stars, and business leaders. Available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. Head on over to Lockdown Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcasts. Available everywhere now, Audible. Get in the game. Welcome back to the Locked On Browns podcast at G Bush 91 is where you can follow me at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lord is where you can find Jeff and us. Obviously, uh, we do have John Costco pro football focus in on a Browns reaction Monday. Um, uh, Costco, let me tell you, tell you, get into this, you know, defense. Um, we haven't talked about this a lot, but I, I thought 
I want to say for the first mm, quarter and a half, I thought the defense played pretty well. I, I thought that they did a good job of of kind of um, uh, of kind of getting after Joe Burrow with four. I thought they did some cool things uh, in terms of you did see Miles Garrett line up at the three technique as well. I, I do want to um, I do want to ask you this question. Another uh, contentious thing I had is that when you looked at this game plan, you find out that uh, T. Higgins is not playing. You, for, you find out Tyler Boyd's not playing. Uh, and you you pretty much, you know, the Bengals are going to throw the ball. They didn't do too much with Samaji P. Ryan or Joe Mixon as far as the run game is concerned. At that point in time, you're looking at it like, hey, you are going to try to at least double uh, Jamar Chase and take him out the game. But, I mean, the guy had 15. They targeted him 15 times. Got over a hundred yards and a touchdown. In that in that in that scenario, wouldn't you think that they would go to move to take him out of the game and kind of you know prohibit um him from you know being one of the the, the, the targets that they were moving to a lot? Yeah, you you you'd think so. So I think what they came into this game was a game plan to try to defend all three of those receivers and and when T. Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd went out basically in the first drive of the game. Cincinnati needed to adjust. It took them a bit to adjust to that. The Browns didn't. And Never. why the Browns didn't is beyond me. Um, you're talking about Jamar Chase, who's arguably the, the, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, you know, there's, there's a case for it or whatever. He's, you know, top five, you know, no doubt. Um, and why you just say, hey, Denzel, you can cover this dude. now. Now he hasn't been able to cover anybody all year long, so why would you expect him to do that this in this game against one of the best wide receivers? So, why they they continue to to just run what they run is beyond me, and I think that's kind of an indictment on like what Joe this you know the staff and this Joe Woods led staff is is that you see issues with this defense where um, when something's not working for them they they don't really adjust off of it. So, um, you know, you kind of hope, I guess they hope that Miles Garrett's going to get pressure after Joe Burrow quickly enough that he's going to make things happen. But guess what? Miles Garrett did get a ton of pressure on, on Joe Burrow in this game. He actually pressured him six times along with Jadavian Clowney six times as well. Um, but Joe Burrow is good enough that he's going to be able to get the ball out to his, the guys that need to, and he's athletic enough to, to evade pressure and, and run for first down. So, um, and I don't, I don't know. I can't, I couldn't tell you why they, they didn't adjust. For me, the frustrating thing was, uh, and like the Bengals were almost committed. Like you could see even the touchdown passes, Jamar, Pace, uh, Jamar Chase, Joe didn't want to go there. And like Chase sort of ran the route. Like he knew it wasn't coming to him. He just happened to be open because it was played so poorly. Uh, you know, Johnson was late coming over. Denzel was late on the trail because Jamar Chase basically turned around. It was like, Oh, look at this. Okay. You know, because I think the Bengals probably felt, you know, oh, right, we're going to have to throw the ball to these other guys because, you know, what are you going to do at this point? You're going to try and take away Jamar Chase. I want to talk about a little, a little interior line play on the defensive side of the ball. We don't get to do this often this season on Lockdown Browns. Um, Tavon Bryant, look, for what the Browns are paying, and it's not much, you know, anybody wants to say he's a disappointment, you can't. I mean, you're not paying the guy money, two and a half, three million, whatever it is. The guy's giving you some solid effort. Uh, he does some things in the middle. Uh, Perrion Winfrey, his best game is a pro, John. And you got to think the door now with the, where the Browns are as far as, you know, 8.004% chance, whatever it is. This is going to be the time for the Perrion Winfrey's of the world, the Alex Wrights of the world. There's going to be reps to be had for these guys. 
because the Browns need to at least go into this offseason. You can't go into this offseason with incompletes on these guys. You got to say, hey, look, we think they're going to be a rotational player. Yeah, maybe they're not starters yet. Granted, that's our hope. Uh, but for a guy like Perry on Winfrey yesterday and Taven Bryan, who's you know been the best of that room the, the entire season. And again, it's not saying much. It's like, you know, being like the smartest kid in the community college gym class, of course, as we all know to this point. Um, but a couple of thoughts on those guys, John. And, you know, Perry, it's been a humbling, humbling rookie season. So if he can maybe string together this, you know, with maybe a final decent month, at least he'll walk out of the building feeling a little bit better about himself and maybe the Cleveland Browns will as well. Yeah, so uh, the highest graded players for the, the Browns defense this week were uh, naturally Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. But then you go down the list, and it's then Deion Jones, Taven Bryant, and Perrin Winfrey. And all both of those guys, and actually Deion Jones, all were in the 70s, which is really good games for those guys. Um, you know, uh, Taven Bryant last week was also in the 70s. Um, you know, and it, he's backed up his best game of the, of the year last week with his best game of the year this week um, with an offensive line that has has drastically improved over the course of the year um you know so i think for for both these guys um and that, that's obviously spells really good things for you know maybe the future of for perry on winfrey and say hey maybe we're seeing progress with perry on um we saw it you know when he uh before he got hurt in the baltimore game he was on his way to his best game of the year that that week he he came back from his injury he's, he's shown you know two couple shaky games but then showed out in this one where he was, he was solid in his run defense and uh, was it, you know, making some plays in the run game. So, um, and also in, in, as a, as a pass rusher as well. So for, uh, for these guys, like continue to, to, you know, the, to fit your gaps correctly, uh, be stout at the point of attack. I would say that the, the run defense has been better the past two weeks outside of like, you know, a, a run or two here and there, which are going to happen with. with Perrine's uh, touchdown, Nixon's long one. Yep. Yeah. It just happens. And so, I think with um, uh, this defense there, you know, it's been playing better. Uh, it's still far ways away. You know, the secondary was awful in this game. Uh, Ward was a 41.3. Dale Pitt was a 42.3. Ronnie Harrison was a 42.6. John Johnson was a 45.7. You want to you want to know why they lost the game? It's those guys. That's the reason why they lost it, because they couldn't lock anybody down on the back end. Um, and, you know, I think that's it is what it is there. One thing I want to I want to go on a little bit of a tangent here is what the heck they were doing on that last drive, trying to stop the run when when uh, Joe Mixon you know ran out the clock to get it under you know to the two point uh, two minute warning. They had you know Ben Steele and and Jordan Kanuziak out there uh, getting wrecked instead of having Miles Garrett and and also De- Isaiah Thomas was out there who's the lowest graded defender. So like they had backups in there trying to stop the run. It seems like they just threw in the towel instead of trying to make a one last run and one last go for it at in the at the end of the game there. So uh, I wasn't I was not too pleased to see that. Well, if you look at it this way, we I mean, hopefully we got a couple more weeks of this Joe Woods defense. I I don't you know whatever may go down at the end of the year. Like I said before, I take no pleasure in saying that the guy's not getting it done, but I, I don't think um, the defensive players have any faith in what Joe Woods is calling. And practically, frankly, I wouldn't either. Gee, I do agree with you there. And here's the thing, you know, what you're going to try to do here in free agency, I mean, I'm sorry, free agency, but making the change with going to a, you know, a new defensive coordinator, what are you maybe looking to poach? You're maybe looking to say, Hey, all right, well, so-and-so's got that guy's a free agent on that defense. Most likely he's not staying there. So if I can poach the defense, somebody to be my defensive coordinator, I can maybe poach a body or two 
basically to take the plane ride with them. Um, and the, I, John, the thing I agree with you there that I was aggravated about is go out there. Uh, you know, who even cared? Yes, the game was probably well in doubt at that point. Let Deshaun go get a two-minute drive. You know what I'm saying? And these are all things you, you you try to work on and, and you try to take advantage of, of any opportunity you can. Um, you know, so for me, that was what was frustrating to me because I wanted Deshaun out there with no timeouts, going from the gun because, you know, God knows that's a really, really difficult thing to recreate. Um, but, hey, look, I mean, as I tweeted yesterday, I'm not upset. I mean, once – and, gee, we talked about this. Once that suspension went from 6 to 11 – you realize that most likely this was probably the, prob- the probable outcome here. You probably figured that was going to be the case. Granted, we didn't think the story was going to be that Jacoby Brissett played well and the defense let everybody down. Um, but either way, the story basically ended up in the same place. The uh, episodes along the way, certainly a little different. Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, we're just going to get a final thought here or two from John Costco rolling through here on your latest Locked on Browns. Prize picks, guys, you all know the drill with prize picks. Put together a lineup. Me, I love to do it Thursday night games, Monday night games, Sunday night game. You're a little more relaxed. You're not flipping around, checking other games, other scores. Put together a lineup. Two to five players. And basically, here is the way it works. If they score more or less than their projections, you basically win up to 10 times your bet. Not too shabby. Um, you can go to prize picks. Uh, use promo code locked on. They will give you a deposit match up to 100%. So you give them $50, they're going to match you 50. You give them 100, they will give you 100. Uh, again, for me, I just like I like the fact that I'm all in on one game. So you can have a lot of rooting interest. You could have had a nice night last night with the Chargers, Dolphins, you know, freak Tyreek Hill points, Justin Herbert. Uh, everybody who talked about Justin Herbert last week, I think the Miami Dolphins would like to tell you to go scratch because you aggravated the kid and he went out there and gave a showing. But go to Prize Picks, use the promo code locked on, prizepicks.com, daily fantasy made easy. And again, instant deposit match up to $100 using the promo code locked on. Welcome back to uh, the Locked on Browns podcast. Uh, we've been talking about offense, defense, but one thing we must talk about is. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We are close to 44,000 um, subscribers. Let's see if we can get that thing together. Um, four more games in a season. We'll continue to pump out the best content that we can. Also, continue to make the uh, Locked on Browns podcast your first listen of each and every day. You can download our podcast wherever you download your podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Continue to support us on both areas. Uh, you know, we talked of offense. We talked defense. Uh, let's get to some final thoughts here. Um, one thing I couldn't understand in this game was I, I didn't understand. Uh, I talked, we talked to Tim Couch today and I asked him, I said, Hey, what did, what were your thoughts on, on the punt block, man? I mean, in that circumstances, like, uh, one thing that I have a problem with the Browns is, is playing, uh, you know, uh, football awareness, uh, and, and, and complimentary football and knowing what the situation is, man. You know, if you're in that circumstance and you're you're zero zero, your team is playing well. You're getting after Joe Burrow. It looks like your team is confident in the game plan. It's fourth and fifteen. You're inside. They're inside their own twenty, and you come with a a a, a punt block. It, it's Stefanski says, well, he, he it was only his fourth game or something, so we wanted to speed him up. And I'm like, even if you just go with a return, you got a guy back there that just returned a punt for you last game at least set up the return or a punt safe 
and you get the ball at the 40-yard line in, in, in Bengals territory, you're ready to go. I, I just didn't understand that play. And obviously, you, you get Tony Fields, he runs into the kicker. You give him a first down, and the Bengals eventually go down and score. You know, plays like that overall, it, it's just, you know, in, in general for the Browns, there's one too many plays like that. The penalties were crazy. Uh, you know, a lot of holding. Um, and, and and frankly, you can't beat anybody when you're doing those things. And it just seems like it's a broken record when we're talking about some of these things. Uh, John, what did, what did you see in, in general overall? Where are you looking at this team and where do they go forward? Yeah, I'm not going to say that I'm a special teams expert by any means. Um, but like just knowing the Browns and and how bad the special teams are in general, like why risk something like that? I get the I get the whole reasoning behind doing that, where you want to speed up the guy's uh, you know internal clock and make him try to hopefully shank one or something like that, have a have a less good punt or something. But it's like you know you 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 already you already pin these teams back if they get a if they have to get happen to boom one out there they've outkicked their coverage and you you trust that your dude can can uh, you know at least have a decent return. Um, you know, these next four weeks for the Browns are going to be like, Hey, let's, let's get Deshaun Watson as comfortable as possible. Let's let him cook. Let's see what he can do. Um, because I mean, there's an outside shot that they're going to make the playoffs, but let's, let's just stop kidding ourselves. They're not going to make the playoffs unless unless the three teams in front of them just absolutely collapse, um, that need to collapse. And, and so I think for, for the Browns, it's like, okay, um, let's, let's get Deshaun Watson and let's put a show on for the guy. Let's see what he can do with the ball and see what, you know, why we paid him the, all this money. Um, that's, that's my thought process on the rest of the year. Like you, you hopefully you win all the four games because like, obviously, a, you know, the difference of a, of a first round pick for you means nothing at this point. Um, so I think you, you, you try to win all four games, obviously all the players are going to, and you evaluate your young guys in your roster at the same time and see what you really have in this roster um, you know, maybe, maybe throw some different things at the, at the, uh, you know, at the playbook this week and see, Hey, we're going to, we're going to switch things up a little bit with our, our schemes or whatnot. So I think just kind of throw the kitchen sink at it, let Deshaun Watson cook, see what he can, what he can do, because the last thing you want is to have him struggle at the beginning of next season because he didn't get the reps he needed this year and have a Russell Wilson type situation where, you know, you're trying to find in season what that matters, what it is that he likes and what he doesn't like. Just want to thank John Costco is always coming in here every Monday for us, guys. He's got other commitments, but we always appreciate uh, making the time for us. Make sure you follow him at John Costco three. John will be in touch. And thank you for gracing us with that beautiful, beautiful yes. Christmas sweater. Our yes. boy, John Costco. Gee, I do want to get to Tony Fields, too, because, my Lord, this is such a difficult thing for a young player. Tony Fields, not even one week ago, is the toast of the town. And I'm with you. What was anybody even doing near the punter? Even remotely near, because you want to know what? Something stupid can happen. Somebody can push you in your back. Somehow, some way, something dumb can happen. And you've got a defense that's doing all they can. And you know what Joe Burrow can do. And and guess what? You got him to a fourth and 15. And you literally, it was just like the poop. It was literally, because then you had, they followed it up with the ward. I think it was 33 yards on the pass interference. Nope. And these defense were fighting for their lives, doing all they can. Boom, blows up in their face. And, you know, now we're back to, oh, okay, yeah. You know, we have issues when we're behind on the 
defensive side of the ball, seeing what this offense can do. Um, I do want to talk here, though. Eight for 114 yesterday. I know there's a lot of talk about the fade that Donovan Peoples-Jones didn't catch in the end zone. First things first, he was never going to be in bounds. Okay, guys? So if you watch it a million times, the first foot lands out of bounds. So let's relax there a little bit. And the other thing is one thing we've learned about Donovan Peoples-Jones to this point uh, in the NFL is he's a good back shoulder receiver. His first career touchdown in Cincinnati, back shoulder. Had a couple of big ones against the Bills, back shoulder. Throw the back shoulder. That's what worked for Donovan Peoples-Jones. At least it's worked to this point. Deshaun, you adapt to him. You know what I'm saying? The kid's really putting in the effort. He really is. Eight for 114. He's up to 751, I think, now for the year. We're legitimately talking about two wide receivers going over 1,000 yards. David Ajoku, over five. We were hoping for maybe seven, eight over these last four games. Some missed time. We'll see where David Ajoku gets there. But for me, over the next couple of weeks, and look, you know, however much they use Nick over the next couple of weeks, look, I, I will never care about a rushing title. I'd love to see Nick win it, but he's probably not close enough in that regards anyway. And the Raiders are going to ride Josh Jacobs in a free agency like an SUV that tried to evade the cops. And then you finally see it on the side of the road with no tires. It's missing the grill. Um, so the Raiders, that's one thing they'll play for. The Browns, there's no reason to when you already have Nick Chubb extended and obviously a huge part of what's in the fold for the next year. For me, I want to see some David Bell. I want to see some Robert Woods. I want to see if you have any thought of using Dimitri Felton whatsoever because now he just goes on the field and everything Dimitri Felton does is basically just smoke and mirrors. That's all it is. Gent mo all motion. Mo he he, he takes turn moving, running around the sideline. sideline. Yep. And the new guy, Jalen Darden. Look, he's here. Uh, Jalen Darden's probably going to go into a competition over the summer. Uh, Jakeem Grant is older, coming back from an Achilles. What does that do for Jakeem Grant? Maybe you have a Jakeem Grant type of guy in Jalen Darden. I want to start seeing these guys play. Um, with Greedy Williams sitting yesterday, we all know that story is that chapter, that book is closed. Greedy Williams' career is going to come to an end here in a few weeks with the Cleveland Browns. All the best wherever he goes. The Browns know who their top three are. They like A.J. Green. Uh, Thomas Graham does a little bit more on special teams, can play nickel. Greedy can only play on the outside. You've already got Martin on the outside. You've already got Ward on the outside. Green is bigger than Greedy. I mean, you're in a tough spot here. But you know, let's play the kids. Linebacker, look, J.O.K., injured, most likely. We'll see how that plays. They're not going to push him now with nothing to play for. <clears throat> so these other guys go out there, do what you can do. It's Baltimore. It's New Orleans. It's Washington. It's Pittsburgh. There is a real legitimate chance the Browns can close out this season 4-0. And for me, I want to see it happen because I want to see guys focus and say, look, we may understand we are going to fall well short of our ultimate goal. But these are four games the Cleveland Browns can win. You're talking about most likely a third-string quarterback possibly playing for the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday in his first NFL start on the road. Uh, Anthony Brown grew up 10 minutes from me. So happy for you, kid. I want to see you have the worst Christmas, you know, the worst December 17th ever anybody's ever had. But last four weeks here, going to get some young guys involved. You got to get, you know, some sorts of some determination on some of these players. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, you want to air it out 40 times over the next four weeks? I'm in. I'm, I'm with you, man. Give me some Jerome Ford. I think we can pick you back on a couple other guys. I think Kareem Hunt's tenure is, is finished here. I, I think the writing was a wall on, on a wall with that. Um, you look at Jack Conklin. I, I think that you may have seen him the last time here uh, What he for what he's done so far. Uh, so that's another couple of names right there. Um, and, and here's the thing. To be honest with you, uh, I, I think it's going to be very difficult to get a, a, a aging Anthony Walker to come back here. He was only on a one-year deal anyway. 
So it was not like they had invested in him long term. So you're gonna have to, you're gonna start to see a lot of these names and familiar faces that we had around here for a long period of time. I don't think those individuals will be here. Um, I think they'll they'll definitely uh, uh what's his name um uh, uh Rodney Harrison another guy will not yep. be here next year. So guys will be looking around. You you'll be you you'll be looking to re flip some of these guys on the roster. But like you said, there's still opportunity to put that tape, uh, some some good plays on tape, and that's what you're looking for. And I will say this, Coach Kevin Stefanski, this is also a four-game tryout for you too because I'm going to let you know, this year it, it was not a year in which uh, we reached what goals we wanted to, but let's be clear about this. If you start off next year in the first six games and it's two and four, I'm going to be honest with you. You guys might be looking for another co- uh, another another coach. And, and that's just the way it works. You, you got to think about it like this. This is the fourth year. We talked about it before. I haven't seen any signature victories. The best thing that he can do is get Deshaun Watson well-oiled up for these four games, have a beautiful offseason, go to Andrew Barry and say, you got to get me some players to flip this thing over. And next year, the Cleveland Browns have to hit this ground running. Uh, like a nosebleed. None of this two and three and and two and six. And, no, 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 no. You got the first six next year to prove. First six plus this is going to prove whether or not you're going to be the long-term answer here at Cleveland. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, look, I'm not saying the seed is hot, but this has got to start to work, and it's got to start to work quickly for this team. The other thing is I have already established number one free agent target for the Cleveland Browns in 2023, Deron Payne, defensive tackle, Washington Commodores. Uh Commanders, rather, Commodores. Yeah, yeah, we're going, yeah, we're going Lionel Richie and Commodores. Motown, baby. He is Garrett Bush, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Monday through Friday, uh, available live 11 to 1 on YouTube. Of course, also 92.3 The Fans, The Barbershop. Garrett's there every Saturday morning. Definitely other appearances where you can catch G over at The Fan. Um, pre-game post coverage for your Browns, Buckeyes, Cavaliers, Guardians. Make sure you're following at G Bush 91. Myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. We appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen every single day. Whether it's on your favorite podcast platform, of course, available on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe with notifications on so that way when the content drops, you guys are there to digest it. And if you got the Roku app, search Lockdown Cleveland Sports. You'll find Gene and the crew with the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You'll find Lockdown Browns, Cavs. Guardians, thank you all so much. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on ELLB. Let's go, Browns.